you know, I want to change the way women's health is understood and how it's treated because it is the most under-researched part of medicine, chronically so. I couldn't do that job. I kept trying to go in and like I say, for some days I was fine and then I wasn't and I couldn't work it out. So I had to leave that job. Um, I was agoraphobic. I couldn't go shopping without my husband coming with me because I was so anxious. Have you ever wondered how successful businesses and thought leaders keep landing those big media opportunities and keep the buzz going around what they're up to? It's not just by chance. They're all using the power of storytelling. I'm Nicola J. Rowley, and with over 25 years in the media as both a journalist and PR expert, I'm here to help you unlock the story potential for both you and your brand. Everything starts with a story. This is the power of storytelling podcast. Well, hello there. Welcome to the latest episode of the power of storytelling. It's brilliant to have you with us today. We're going to be talking about what to do if you have a health issue that repeatedly gets in the way of your life, prevents you from sometimes living your best life, no matter what you're trying to do. So You might be equipped with brilliant mindset. You might want to do all the things, but your body, for whatever reason, is battling you. I'm joined today by Amy Viola, who's a clinical hypnotherapy and mindset expert, but she's also the founder of PMD Balance Movement, which is all about premenstrual disorders. We don't talk about this enough in any level. We don't talk about grief enough either. And that will be for a whole different episode at some point. But we do need to talk about the ongoing things that women go through. And if this doesn't appeal to you, then that is absolutely fine. You can go and listen to another episode of The Power of Storytelling. But I can tell you that you'll be missing out because I know that Amy's story is incredible what she's had to overcome. And I'd love for you to join us today to listen in and learn. Because even if you are a chap and you're kind of like, oh, it's women's issues and things like that. Actually, it's really important that you understand what women have to go through on a monthly basis, but also menopause as well. We need to have that conversation around that so that you can then feel more informed and you can help other women in your lives. So Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Talk to me about a little bit about your journey because I know like we could talk all day about this and all the ins and outs and everything else. But if you were to sum it up really succinctly for me, what was like the point where you were just like, I know I need to get to grips with this. I know that I need to be able to do something to be able to make this better because my quality of life is just not great. That would have been in my early 30s. And I think that's quite common for a lot of us, isn't it? To sort of go through your 20s and find yourself and, you know, do all the things, do the jobs that you want to do. And I got to a point in my early 30s where it was just enough. I had to find what was going on with me. I'd gone through years of of different symptoms. Um, in my teenage years, there was anxieties and a real fraught relationship with my mother. You know, there was all the normal teenage stuff, but there was all the other things 
as well. I was being tested for things like dyslexia. You know, I wasn't, I was a really smart kid, but I wasn't doing well at school because I couldn't be bothered. If it didn't interest me, you know, I'd, I'd lose interest in it. And funnily enough, now I'm going through an ADHD diagnosis, which as a teenage girl back in the 90s wasn't a thing because it was all based on boy symptoms. That was how they they diagnosed, which are completely different in many, and it was certainly in my case. So I just gone through many years of confusion and exhaustion and fatigue. And I got to my late 20s and I'd had um, contraception injection and that really threw me. It, it, it gave me heavy fatigue. I was diagnosed with ME. There were so many things, but not once did a doctor ask me about my cycle. That never, ever happened. That was me that kind of work that out over many many years and thing is about premenstrual disorders if uh, PMDD and PME which is premenstrual exacerbation it can't can come on from ovulation so when you're not tracking your periods because if you're not having a baby you're mainly not tracking your periods it was really difficult to see so it took a long time and it's actually an average of 12 years for women to get diagnosed with premenstrual disorders. PMDD is now recognized as an actual medical issue thankfully finally yes, got there finally. but also I know that there's a, a quite a high percentage of women who because of PMDD they actually feel like there is no way out this is for them on a monthly basis so horrendous that they feel like they have to take their own lives yeah there's a there's a lot of women there's a lot of um, suicide ideation as well which I've I've experienced um, wanting to disappear is a big one. Um, there was a case of a woman that literally moved to the woods and left her family and a period came and she was like, what on earth have I done? What is going on here? It's a real problem. Um, you know, home, romanticising homelessness. It, it sounds bizarre to the outside world, but actually for us, it's you don't want anyone else to have to deal with you anymore. You know, you feel like such a burden and it would just, it's not a matter of wanting to die. It's a matter of not wanting this to continue. Particularly when you go to the doctor, so many doctors don't know what it is and it's getting much better. I mean, the awareness is picking up, you know, thanks to a lot of people that are working in, in this field now. Um, but for so many years, women have felt ignored and, and felt like they've gone mad. And it's the same with the menopause. You know, there's there's very similar symptoms, actually, with PMDD and perimenopause and the menopause. They, they cross over quite a bit. And because some women are absolutely fine and, and don't suffer at all, it's there's a real kind of problem um, there as well. Because a lot of women say, well, it's just the menopause. It's fine. When actually there's many that are really suffering you know, it's affecting their relationships, that they're breaking up with partners, they're losing their jobs. Yeah, it's just it's ruining their lives. So yeah, it's a really big thing. Thankfully, there is more of a spotlight on the menopause now than there ever yeah. has been in terms of you you see like, you know, celebrities like Davina McCall are raising awareness and Gabby Logan and people like that, that are really raising awareness about it, which has really helped in terms of, people being more aware. But it's only when these celebrities have actually told their stories and they've been vulnerable and put themselves yeah. out there that other people finally feel like they're being heard themselves. Because obviously when you tell your story, that's when people can really understand what you're going through resonate with you and your experiences that you've had and it shines a light for them what they're also going through and I know that you have done this recently as well Amy and 
it was one of those things that you're really passionate about raising awareness about premenstrual disorders. What was it like for you to take that leap and start talking in a much bigger way about the journey that you'd been through? It was really scary (laughs) and really intentional, actually, because I'd only been speaking in front of other women that had it. In fact, you know, my my account then it was called Nurture PMD Naturally, and I was very much focused on you know a natural management of it, which is what I do. And I was only really speaking to those those women. You know, I wasn't getting out to anyone else because unless you were interested in that, that's when you were seeing me. So when I actually decided to go public, I suppose it was very very intentional, and it was through you, as you know, um, through your course that I was doing. And we'd had a masterclass with with Amir O'Hagan, and I contacted her after that because I trusted her, and that was really really important to me. You know, um, you, you hear all these stories, don't you, about about journalists and and the press, and you know you can't trust them, and they're going to just tell any old story. So. That was at the back of my mind and I wanted to just, but I trusted you and I wanted to make sure that whoever I went with was sensitive and was really going to, to not just show my story, but to to get awareness for people. Um, and she did a fantastic job. And I was, it was really scary and the process of it was scary, but because it took two or three months, I kind of got used to it, you know, in between me contacting her and it actually coming out in the press, there was that gap of kind of getting used to it I suppose you know dealing with that vulnerability hangover and and really you know embracing it um and yeah it came out and it was big and it was scary but it was done and suddenly I was having all these different people people on my personal Facebook in my family people I hadn't even told again it's a, a woman's health issue you don't go running to dad and tell him about your periods do you well I certainly didn't so it was quite a big thing but I had loads of women that contacted me you know then through Instagram and email and things saying a that they hadn't ever heard of it and that is them and they really resonated and b they knew they had it but they felt unseen they felt unheard um and so that was really really important to me um and that was the whole point of me doing it you know I'm quite a private person an introvert I don't go running around telling everyone all about my stories all the time you know I've, I've kept that quite private so it was a huge deal but an, a, a necessary one, absolutely necessary in order to get that awareness building and to have my voice heard because I have got a lot of lot to say and I've got a lot of people to help. There's an you know, impact to be made there. So I'm really pleased that I took that leap and now it's just, it feels much easier to kind of broach. It's like all the worst stuff's out there. Well, n- nearly. <laughs> I'll keep some for myself. <laughs> well, that's the thing. When we start telling our story, The thing to remember is that we're in the driving seat. So you get to say the bits that you want to say and you get to not say the things that you don't want to say. For you, on your journey, yes, you've gone out there. I mean, there's so many things that we can talk about. Like as you were talking there, I was immediately like, yes, impact. That's Mm. what it's all about. Because it really is at the end of the day, the fact that you have changed these women's lives they hadn't heard of PMDD before you actually mentioned it in in the articles that went out. And then they're like, that's me. That's what is exactly what's happening to me. Oh my gosh. Now I can go to my GP. I can go and see them and say, could it be PMDD? And it just opens up the conversation and then they can also then start to get the help that they need. For you, what was the 
lowest point in your journey? What was the point where you were just like, do you know what? I am over this now. Yeah, I think it was um it was just after that injection actually and it was where I I just started a new job um in an Australian travel agent. I, you know, I was really passionate about travel and Australia in general. So I couldn't do that job. I kept trying to go in and like, like I say for some days I was fine and then I wasn't and I couldn't work it out. So I had to leave that job. Um, I was agoraphobic. I couldn't go shopping without my husband coming with me because I was so anxious. I say agoraphobic, not clinically, but that that was the the result. That was the consequence of it. I'd be out with friends out in a bar, absolutely fine. And suddenly I'd get hot. I'd have a panic attack. I would just leave. I wouldn't even say goodbye to them. You know, I, I turned into the weirdo. Um, as far as I was concerned, that's how I felt. And it was just frightening because it's so confusing when you don't know what's happening. I mean, and I thought I had bipolar, you know, I didn't know what was going on because why was it one day and not another day? The severe fatigue, but I think those kind of, those late 20s, sort of mid to late 20s was probably the worst. Um, I've had different times in my life, you know, my teenage years were, weren't amazing. I had a lot of trauma as a child, you know, there's a, there are there are points in my life Um that can compete with each other for being the worst worst point. But as far as PMDD goes and, uh, you know, chronic illness goes, I think that was just horrendous. And with that came the, you know, fantasising about becoming homeless and no one finding me and, and, and not being a burden to anybody anymore. You know, my husband's amazing. We've been together for over 20 years. So he's gone through all of this. It is because he's amazing that he's still there. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's testament to him as well. And that is why if you're listening to this episode, it's really important that you stay with us because if you see a partner or someone you know that is going through a similar kind of thing, one minute they're okay, the next minute they're not okay. And, you know, they like, you know, maybe they don't turn up for work for a few days or there's there's something and you can tell that something's going on if you feel able to ask them mm. are you okay is it something that could be hormonally related now you might not feel comfortable enough to do that because you might not know them well enough but actually sometimes we don't even think about it could be hormones that are playing up and everything else and it just takes that one person to just just put that question out there and how just think about the ways that you can support people mm. as well. Now, Amy, I'm really glad to say that isn't the end of your story because you have gone on to obviously you specialize in hypnotherapy. Obviously, you help people overcome this themselves as well. And I think because you've had such a journey with PMD and obviously PMDT, um, it's like taking you on a on a completely different path where you just want to help others. Yes. Yeah, completely. And that's and that that came from my journey of of trying hundreds of different things, literally hundreds of different things, different therapies, different supplements, different probably snake oils, you know, everything you can think of because you're so desperate. And where, you know, the doctor was trying to put me on birth control. Well, I already knew that birth control was wasn't good for me. You know, I didn't didn't have a good reaction to it. The same with um antidepressants. They have their place. You know, I never put people off that. It's not my, my I'm not medically trained to do so. Um, but they're never going to fix a problem. They're going to help you manage that for, for that moment in time. But then something else needs to happen. And actually, I had hypnotherapy and it helped me massively. And so I decided to train in it. Um, 
and I've never looked back because it's just such a powerful modality. And then as time's gone on, as you know, in business, you know, you you go through a process and you 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 build on things and you you create and and do. And now I'm I'm in the process of building something pretty big and really like I say, impactful, you know, it's all about education, awareness, um, and action. So I'm, you know, going to be training other therapists to understand premenstrual disorders, and then be able to treat, you know, the mood side of it, the mental health side of it, and even the physical side of it with nutritionists and people like that. But it's, it's, it's gone from me in this little dark hole going, oh, my God, what, what do I do with myself? And how do I do it and thank god for the internet in that respect because it, i've spent hour hour upon hour upon hour you know researching and finding and and i'm the one that's that's worked you know this awareness of myself has been key because if you hide from yourself and you think it's too painful i don't want to go there you're never going to get come out of it you're never going to get that that real fulfillment and that real knowing and the more i've known about myself the more i've been able to heal and then help others and that's been a real a real turning point for me and, and helping others is, you know, it's, it's a huge purpose and, and it's big, you know, I want to change the way women's health is understood and how it's treated because it is the most under-researched part of, of medicine, chronically so. So that's part of my big goal, you know, to have it normalised. And, and, and this is why it's so important for guys to listen to this. And I'm pleased you've said that because this isn't just about women. This is about humans it's about your daughters, it's about your sons, you know, everybody needs to be understanding this and not running away from it, not shying away from it, because it's a big part of life. And it's 50% of the population. That's exactly what I was going to say. We're just over 50% of the population. It's why are we still not talking about this? And it's because it makes others feel uncomfortable. It makes other people just go, Oh, no, we don't want to talk about that. I mean, I remember when we had that first talk at secondary school about, you know, women's time of the month and all of these kind of things. And all the girls were ushered out of the the classes that they were in and we were put into this big classroom and then we were shown a video. Now, it hadn't at that point, it hadn't occurred to me that this was going to be happening on a monthly basis. And I sat there horrified at the thought that this was going to be the reality and I was just like I must have just been 11 and I was just like oh that's really mean why do we have to go through that and yet I guess it's it's just one of those things that you know sometimes you you may well have a cycle and it it's absolutely fine but I know that when we were talking initially and I was going through and I'm I was helping you map out your story and everything else. I had a dreadful time. I mean, I've been carted off in an ambulance before now. And like, there's so many things that have gone down as a result of that time of the month. And you're right. It's so important that men don't shy away from it, that they're able to support their partners through it. You know, sometimes just even boiling the kettle to get a hot water bottle can help and it shows that you really care when they're like going through this month after month after month it is it's a very difficult thing but we do need to normalize it we do need to be talking about it and it's not something that you have a little snigger and then you go ooh, and then we don't talk about it anymore and then that's that and I know that 
times have changed and everything else, but we're a lot more open about a lot more things. This is a biggie. And women's health on an ongoing basis, it's really important. Like you say, sisters, mums, girlfriends, wives, whatever it may be. Amy, for you, I mean, that sounds so exciting that you've got this big goal to go out there and train all of these professionals so that we are spreading the word about this in a much bigger way. And it really is about impact at the end of the day, isn't it? To, To get more of those women that are experiencing those symptoms come to you and be able to say, oh my gosh, I didn't realise this is what was wrong with me. Absolutely. And I think particularly when you're thinking about PR, it it can be really, you think, oh, I can't can't do that. And I've seen a lot of people and I was like that as well, you know, don't want to be visible, but it's not about you. You know, it's not about me. This is about all of them. And and I can only do so much. And, And that's why I think by training and by going into schools as well, that's, I mean, that's another big point actually I'd just like to make quickly is if we can catch this early on as teenagers, we will be saving a lot of lives because the point is, is that we program ourselves in childhood and then we go into teenagers and into young adult. And if we're not getting diagnosed until mid to late thirties, we have masked, we've created behaviors for ourselves. We've, there's so many things. And unfortunately some women have sadly taken their own lives in that time. Whereas if that confusion isn't there and, and there's a lot more knowledge and girls understand they don't feel embarrassed and they feel actually there are tools that I can use because I mean it is a mood disorder so that's why the work that I do can be very helpful I don't work with hormones themselves I work with the you know that consequence and the strengthening of the mind and and the reprogramming I suppose but if that's caught as a teenager you can reprogram from then and you can work out you know get these tools in it's life will be so much easier, just so much easier. And, you know, it sounds dramatic, but possibly not fatal because that is the reality. And you mentioned there in terms of the importance of mindset. I know that that's something that you also work with people on because it is about getting yourself into the right place. And I'm guessing that's what also helped you as well. That is the make or break, it's particularly, like I say, I've, I've got more trauma than just PMDD, but I've had to. And and when you, you go through these things, you actually, you have to intentionally find that happy place, so to speak, and put that in inverted commas for those listening, because happiness is not, a, it's, it's not tangible. And, and there's, there's ups and downs, and it's not a constant. But if you can be calmer, so that's one thing I really work a lot with you, it's impossible to be calm and anxious simultaneously. So if you intentionally work on true relaxation, you know, really calming your mind, regulating your nervous system, that's the huge part of what I do. It's much easier to make decisions. It's easier when you haven't got concentration and you've got brain fog. You know, if you're snapping and you're angry, again, it's much easier to to bring yourself down because you can go from naught to 100 in a matter of seconds with, with these disorders. Um, but if you're able to regulate, and, and that's the point, it's not dealing with, okay, we're, we're curing PMDD. I don't use that word anyway, but that, that's not what we're doing here. We're we're working out a manageable way um, to live a healthy and happier life. And yes, the symptoms may arise. And yes, you might have to still deal with, with other things. And again, you know, I, I say to people, go to see a nutritionist, make sure you're, you're taking all the not right nutrition, make sure you're doing all those things do what you need to do with the doctor as well ultimately the mindset is the most important thing because if you haven't got that the self-worth if you're not building on the 
on the the self-love that's hugely important and that mindset it what have you got you know and, and that's with anything you know if you speak to any any business strategist for example they will always say you can do as much strategy as you like but if you've got the mindset then it's it's pretty tough so it's the same here um and it's having those tools and like i say it's the strengthening of the mind and the reprogramming um to allow it to work for you and everyone's individual i think we kind of forget that but there's a lot of course one size fits all kind of stuff when actually and that's why awareness is so key because when you know yourself and your symptoms your triggers very very important you've got something to work with then you can then make those healthier decisions and you can take that five seconds before you react you know I say respond don't react <laughs> it's very different <laughs> those things, you know you, you, you keep your job then you keep your relationship then do you know what I mean it's 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 so important yeah you don't get to that breaking point that like real kind of dramatic I'm just going to do this now because you think in the heat of the moment that is the right thing to do. Amy, I could carry on talking to you about this all day (laughs) because it is a topic we do need to raise awareness about. We do need to get out there and tell people about it because there are women who are suffering needlessly and not realising that is what is going on with them. Amy, if um, they are listening and they want to get in touch with you or it's struck a chord in terms of what you've said today how can people find you the best way at the moment because I'm in a limbo of changing my business names and website the best um, way is on Instagram which is at PND balance movement and that's as simple as that and I'm I'm on there you can send me a DM you'll be able to find my website very very soon but if you're listening immediately then that's the way to get get to me yeah you'll be hearing a lot more <laughs> from me now <laughs> i cannot wait i think it's it like i've said it is such an important topic thank you so much for joining us on the power of storytelling amy and don't forget if you are wondering whether or not pr could work for you go and take our free quiz pr-quiz.com and you get a free report that will tell you the areas that you might need to look at a little bit more who doesn't love a free quiz until next time on the power of storytelling podcast i'll see you then